I'm on top, saying even my peak. And everything they said was out of my reach. It's getting so close now, did it all for the hometown. So I'm all you we ain't Alright, so you wanna kick it off? Hello, friends of Smarkomania. Uh, we're back for a very special post Tables, Letters, Chairs, and Stairs 2014. Yeah, this is our first non 10 years ago fucking pay per view. And also, we might change the name to Wrestle Soup for the Soul. Yeah, Wrestle, <laughs> Wrestle Soup for the Soul, indubitably. Uh, basically, what we wanted to do with this uh, was just sort of quickly talk about our reactions to the tables, ladders, and chairs, and stairs 2014 pay-per-view on the WWE Network for just nine ninety-nine. So how many bowls of wrestle soup do you feel like that pay-per-view was? Out of a possible 17 bowls of wrestle soup, I'd give it a solid um, eight and a half. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, well, should we talk about NXT for a sec first? NXT Revolution? Oh, man. Our Evolution? Our Evolution was an amazing pay-per-view. We got to see... Uh, we got to see a lot of good matches on that card. I didn't make any notes for it because I was just enjoying it so much. I just I know that the main event, Sami Zayn and uh, Adrian Neville, uh, was a, a, a literally a mat classic. One of the one of the best matches I've ever watched. I've never like marked out for two guys. At one point in the match, they had a, a chant going on that was. Uh, it, it was like Adrian Neville, Sami Zayn, or something like that, and I've never heard two positive chants during a match. <laughs> you usually hear like, "Let's go, Cena, Cena sucks," but in that this like the the crowd was one hundred percent behind both athletes. Man, I always feel a little bad for Adrian Neville just because he's just so goddamn short. Like <laughs> even in NXT, he's short. Like how can he survive in the crazy land of giants that is raw? Well, he also has uh, hilariously uh, distended ears. Yeah. He looks like a weird elf, some, some kind of Lord of the Rings guy, like Dobby from that Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter or whatever. But it's a shame. Cause like, yeah, in NXT he's like, you know, been the champ for what? 280 something days or some shit. And like, he was all respected. And like, that's just, cannot happen on the main roster he'll be at best like a an interesting sort of mid-card freak guy his name was Pac on the indies <laughs> right when he comes to the actual main roster i fear that he will be regarded as x Pac, because <laughs> that's a completely different game right there um you don't want to be the little guy who's also known as x Pac. but he looks like a tinier daniel bryan yeah and I mean, it's too bad. He's cool. He looks cool. He's just, it's like a create a wrestler mode. They just played him too small. They just need to change that slider so he gets taller. Yeah. And Sami Zayn is kind of a little dude too. I saw an interesting comic uh, from the Botch Spot comics uh, today. And it was sort of like Vince McMahon was saying, uh, so we need more midgets and we need more celebrities on our show. And Triple H is like, well, you know, that's not what the wrestling fan wants. And then I guess the punchline was more towards Vince McMahon saying that, you know, how is a how's a 13-year-old and a 63-year-old grandmother supposed to be watching together? And I guess it kind of makes the point towards Adrian Neville because he's so small. NXT is for wrestling, you know? Uh, the problem with that, though, is Vince McMahon still wants on his main program. We even saw it tonight. Instead of bringing out celebrities and dancing... And a bunch of weird shit like that. They just, they gab 2000 dust tonight. Kind of. But I was going to say about NXT, yeah, like anyone who didn't see that pay-per-view, it was really cool. Because it is like, like it's a weird thing where NXT, like it's not necessarily a step up 
uh, prestige wise to go to raw because nxt they can have these long matches and they're gonna have crazy cool stuff in them because everyone wants to stand out and it's just not like the type of show that raw is it's pretty much since uh seth rollins came up it's been like that they've been they hired all the uh the indie darlings like they got like hideo uh itami who is of course is kenta they got uh kevin owens who of course is kevin steen and they got um uh, prince david who of course is finn baylor man his entrance was bananas what was that uh, you should go and watch his, like, I think it's New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, like, eight entrance. Although, you know what, though? As cool as it was, I did for a moment. I was kind of like, it's kind of like the Boogeyman. It, it looks a lot like the Boogeyman, especially with the crawling and everything like that. Like, no, that's totally true. But uh, in New Japan, his his makeup style was uh, Spider-Man characters. Like, he did, like, Venom and, like, half Venom, half Carnage and, like, a really, like, sweet Carnage and all sorts of different things. And they were all sort of melted down like that. It wasn't just, like, he put on gold dust face paint. They all sort of had that same um, sort of, it, it looks like it's fading up out of his skin up onto his face, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I, I just thought it was a great entrance. Uh, the whole, the Balor is a, is a demon king from uh, some sort of... Uh, mythology. I'm not 100% sure right now, but it is true that he is the the demon king. Yeah, he like outdeviled the ascension. <laughs> All they do is they kind of just. I was wondering about their entrance because they like rise up through steamy smoke into camera. But if you see it live, they must just be like crouch walking out to get under the camera. It I also so stupid. I thought that with Finn Balor's entrance too, where they shouldn't have done they shouldn't have done hard cam immediately on him where he was crawling out like I, I'm getting ready to do my entrance. They should have just waited and had him come up mystically from the smoke. Uh, the ascension are great because they're sort of like the they're supposed to be the illuminati but then those three guys they have great entrances and hideo itami just came out to a generic like <laughs> like the asian inspired music and just sort of has on like a gold jumper like i'm i'm bruce lee like he it was, it was kind of it was a little racist <laughs> by comparison it is weird too because like he's cool and all but the announcers like keep saying like oh in japan he's huge like you should give a shit and it's like uh. in fact they say <laughs> in japan he's the rick flair of japan <laughs> Now, when I, I heard them say that, I was like, first of all, that's factually incorrect. because Rick, Rick Flair, yes. He's Rick an old Flair. man who's been say. wrestling <laughs> for for 30 years, 40 years, and is the Ric Flair of wrestling and retired. You can't just say some young startup and comer at any rate. Yeah. But it was cool that, uh, yeah, I'm glad you uh, told me I should watch that because I only tune into NXT every like five or six weeks. But I think I'm going to stick with it for a little while. I want to see what's going to happen. Got me excited. So, the main event is TLC 2014. Yeah, here we are. So, I guess, I think my main sort of impression of this, it totally reminds me of, in Foley's book, when he was talking about some ECW pay-per-view he was on with Terry Funk, where the main event was him and Terry Funk in a first blood match, but due to the nature of ECW, there was blood in every match, so it was like what the fuck who cares this was kind of like that like there was some cool stuff but if everything involves a table or ladders or chairs or whatever the fuck by the time you get to the end it's like this is just too many tables and ladders and chairs i just don't give a shit now well i mean even in the the stairs match the tables match and the fuck this is gonna be so hard to get up <laughs> in one of those three matches in the title card they were using chairs in stairs matches 
they were using ladders and tables matches. Actually, I don't think that actually happened until the main event that actually had tables, ladders, and chairs. See, this is why this is a hard thing to talk about, <laughs> because there's so many words to remember when you're <laughs> prefacing what you're about to talk about. But definitely, I think just in general, the, the chairs match and the stairs match can go. Yeah, so we were predicting if they will ever do another stairs match, and we reckon probably not. <laughs> I think this is the first and last time. It, it felt like they, they stuck a downloadable downloadable content onto the side of the TLC this year yeah. and, and stairs. And I do love, like, I love, like... It on what is this the PlayStation Three version yeah. of the of the network that when you search for pay per views and it has to be by name so you get those weird pay per views where there was only one and I hope that happens with this I hope hope so much that for all time there's one table ladders chairs and stairs you have to look specifically for TLC and also TLC and C because it'll be yeah like ten years from now when some other guys are starting a wrestling podcast going through old pay per views they'll find table ladders chairs and stairs and go what the fuck was that that's that stupid as <laughs> shit and then they'll review that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely a possibility. But I digress. I had the the rare and unique opportunity to actually watch the pregame show, the pre-show, before anybody showed up. So I'm going to give you a slight read, uh, rundown of that really quickly. Basically, it, it comes up, and I'm, like, raring to go on this pay-per-view. And I just noticed that Renee Young is like, Hey, Paul Heyman, how you doing? Paul Heyman retorts with just blank stare and like, oh, so we're familiar now? <laughs> and throughout the rest of the pre-show, he just keeps berating her. He keeps just bringing up her her uh, things. The, the fact that she dared talk to him even though she's an interviewer. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, then basically, Miz comes out and tries to coax Naomi into doing something. That uh, When we get to the match later, she just stands and watches the monitor. The Miz just kind of wants her to, um, I thought it was like cheat f for Miz and Mizdow against the Usos. But when you don't even bring her out, it sort of just is like, the Miz was just trying to get into Jey Uso's head. Like, I guess that's what that was. I love too that, that it's such a weird like little storyline where Miz is the shadiest dude giving that chick the shadiest opportunity for some weird crappy thing and only... Jay Uso is like this whole thing makes no sense yeah. <laughs> why are you having anything to do with this and like at the same time Damien Sandow is in the background going <laughs> yeah. and I'm just making the pantomime not even say words mouth so anyway um, the main event of the kickoff New Day versus the Dust Brothers the only thing that I really took from this match was like it was pretty good it's like it seemed like a regular Smackdown or Raw match but it really had the the benefit of Stardust coming out in like green face paint. Like he had the green gimmick, like how he's had the red and the blue, but he had green face paint on. I really just found it funny that the more he fought people, the more his green paint got on them. And especially Cody Rhodes, or sorry, especially, <laughs> I just spoiled who Stardust is, especially Kofi <laughs> Kingston. Um, he had green face paint all over the top of his head after several headbutts from Stardust. I think that's kind of cool, yeah, because it goes back to his Jamaican colors. And I got to say, that's the only thing so far I don't like about New Day is I just don't like the outfits. I feel like all those guys looked cooler before. Yeah, they all had their own individual personality, but who knows what, where they're going to take this. This is only like week three of this. Yeah. Like, and we, I, di we didn't get some overtly racist gimmick, so I guess, you know. I did really like, too, when all their promos, like the pre them appearing promos like combined where it was all three of them and they were like alone i'm strong and alone i'm 
can never get fly the floor in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, fly and also intelligence, and together we're a new day. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That was neat. That was all right. And also I liked it a lot. So anyway, (laughs) Stardust looks like the Green Goblin. Um, Do you think the green was a Christmas thing? Nope. I think it was he was a Martian from space. Oh, yeah. That's how I interpreted that. But anyway, the (laughs) fuck... Fucking Dust Brothers get stomped by New Day, obviously. And, uh, yeah, Cody Rhodes is a fucking weirdo, and it's great. So our next match, um, Dolph Ziggler versus uh, Harper. Yeah, man, it was it was brutal. It was almost weird for this match to be first. You know what should have happened? The Cena table match should have been the first match, and this match should have been the mid-match. This should have been the mid-match, for sure. The way that things played out... But the Intercontinental title has, like, that rare prestige right now of being, like, the secondary title. And traditionally, like, the uh, for the last five or six years or so, the um, the big gold belt heavyweight title was sort of, like, the warmer match, the match to get everybody ready. It's like you get a title match right away, and this is sort of that spot now. The Intercontinental title is back in a prestigious area. It's even gold on white. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty much the big gold belt at this point. Um... It's interesting to note, though, this was a ladder match. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it was brutal, just, just it was going to be anyway, because, yeah, like, I thought it was funny as watching this, like, like realizing that a table match is over when you go through one table, but a ladder match, you just keep getting hit by ladders. Yeah. And Dolph Ziggler's name, the more I think about it, the show-off is a good name for him, because he won't stop bumping all the time. Oh, yeah, the replay is playing right behind us. Yeah, the replay is playing right behind us, and we're at a we're at a moment now. They've been schmozzing it up. They've been fighting around the ring a bunch. Like, I almost feel bad watching Dolph just hurt himself so much but for my are, entertainment. Are we back to the point where um, Luke Harper does that suicide dive to the outside where he know. almost fucking just breaks his entire arm? And we thought it, it felt like that Sid moment that we talked about on uh, episode one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, but was it legit, or did he just sell it like awesome? It seems like he's he. It seemed like he was fine after that, yeah. for all intents and purposes. Like, it seemed like he was fine. But yeah, a lot of blood too. Like, surprising yeah, this, amount. This had a lot of hard way blood for sure. Um, Ziggler was opened at the like bridge of the nose, and I think he got a little bit of the top of the head. That's one thing I think is cool now is that they're in that sort of midway spot where blood's not just totally illegal, but people don't seem to be blading. So if it happens, it's like extra cool because it just kind of happened. <laughs> or like the the Kevin Owens thing in NXT was similar. Like, oh yeah, like, I don't think it was planned, but it was perfect for him to just have the blood on his nose. That Kevin Owens spot was great because CJ Parker's uh, one of his signature moves is that slap up to the nose, right. and it it actually looked like it fucking just blew up his entire nose because he it was a no it was a hard nosebleed but the blood the blood went up and around to the bridge of his nose so it just looked like he got bashed open and there's no way there's no i would i would be remiss to find out years later that there's a way to make your nose bleed that they're not utilizing <laughs> based on this spot based on how good it looked it was funny too. I heard somebody say at the end uh, when Owens hugged Sami Zayn, he hugged him so hard he busted himself back open because he was just <laughs> yeah, bleeding no, it's, again. It's true. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> noticed that as well. So, Dolph Ziggler wins this after a ridiculous match. I there's no words. Like I I didn't take the the proper notes because I thought that, it, that there was going to be more people here just yelling into the microphone. Yeah, we had a ton of people, but nobody could stay because everyone had to go to work. Everybody, everybody had to work in the morning. But this was like, this match kind of reminded me of... You want to jump in? No, I don't. 
<laughs> There's somebody else here, but I mean, I'm high and drunk as a <laughs> I'm good. That's understandable. But right. yeah, this ladder match reminded me too of, I remember when Stone Cold was on uh, Tough Enough in season one, I always remember his advice was, don't do all this high-flying flippy shit like it's not important. If you just have a good character that connects with the crowd, then you don't have to do all this stuff and Psycho Sid break your leg and all this nonsense. <laughs> and and he's right. Like Whenever I see guys like Kofi Kingston, I'm like, uh, like you're beating yourself up for no reason. And I felt like that about this match. Like I respect how cool it was, but there was no need for them to beat the shit out of each other that much. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck, guys? There kind of was because I think there's a, a before pay-per-view buzz that we're not in tune to since we're a little bit older. We don't have, we're not like, you know, 15, 14 and like, holy shit, tables, ladders, and chairs is tonight. And then you open the match with a match like this. I remember watching matches like this when they were bloodier and gorier, you know, like, and when I, I see a, a pay-per-view open with a match like this, I was like, yes, but it kind of goes back to super brawl where you open the match with pretty much the, you know, you're blowing your load immediately. And then it's not that good. Somebody um, brought up to me while I was watching the show. They said, uh, are we going to remember this match in a few years? And that's kind of my problem with this pay-per-view as I'm, as I'm thinking about and analyzing it. A lot of these matches are just like mid midway in a feud that's going to blow off at Mania. I feel like we're going to see Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt in some capacity at Mania or obviously the Royal Rumble or that fast lane bullshit that's going to be in between. Like this felt like, this felt like a, a, a road of, this felt like a wall. <laughs> this felt like a stepping stone on the way on the road to WrestleMania. Um, but it didn't really pay off for me because I know that if you just watch raw tomorrow night, uh, you're just going to see more of this schmoz. You're just going to see these guys come out and tell each other why they don't like each other. And that's what we're going to see. But this particular match it was weird to see luke harper who we all just we all like him in this weird way that we just put him in the same place as other intercontinental uh title contenders but in this weird way where it's like he's this big dude but he's able to take all these bumps that are ridiculous and then when you put him against smaller guys who can who also have crazy work rate you get these great matches. And I think this was the best possible thing to do on the road to WrestleMania for Dolph Ziggler, make him fight this big guy for his own title and right. then win, go up that ladder and get it in front of his hometown crowd. I thought that was a very special thing. I thought that was special. Yeah, and I, I don't even exactly remember how Harper got the IC belt anymore, but it was one of those things like I was fine with him having it for a bit, but yeah, it's not right for it to be on him. It's weird. It was the authority bit when Luke Harper said I'm a team player on Raw. Right. And then he and then the next week they they were like you can fight Dolph Ziggler and I think J&J security fucking did the beat down while the ref was looking the other way. Yeah, and I guess that yeah, that was fine cuz yeah, Harper needed a little more like reason to you to believe. Yeah, exactly. I think the word is. <laughs> that actually is. That's the perfect <laughs> word. Yeah, so that match, yeah, really cool, but uh, yeah, weird placement that it was for the whole thing. I don't know. I guess I was still settling in, too. I just got here, and I'm like... I gave that one a solid four bowls of soup out of a possible five bowls of soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Wrestle yeah, soup was, for the salsa. <laughs> yeah, I did feel better about a lot of things after that match. So the Usos, with Cameron, watching from behind the scenes, right. are up next. You know, against... they, I really do think the Usos... Oh, sorry, Jack, so you can at least say who came up with them. 
Misto. That's all I was going to say. That's yeah. all I was going to say. As soon as I started knows. talking, I'm like, I just needed to wait one second. <laughs> hey, they're coming up right now on our screen. It took us the holy shit. Yeah, so far this is like a commentary track. Like God we're timed well with, the, with the replay. But uh, man, isn't the Uzo's entrance, like I feel like it could be streamlined at this point. It doesn't need to be the, the you know, traditional thing. And the we say, ooh, you say, oh, and then music. It's like three entrances. Just do the last four lines of the Samoan chant. And then do the, you say, oh, where the audience is bored. Do that second part, <laughs> like, very quickly. And then cut to the music, because their music is the best thing about their gimmick. If you ever, that's another, put that on Keith's list of songs to listen on headphones <laughs> when you're super drunk. Because that's another one. That's a good song. At any rate, um... Man, you know what other wrestling theme I think is under-respected? Uh, fucking, what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Which guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> the wrestler. Oh. <laughs> Batista. Batista's yeah. theme I, when they... I, just for a second there, I, I forgot we were on a wrestling podcast. I was like, what guy? Oh, uh, Star-Lord? Oh, that's Chris Pratt. <laughs> but when, uh, when they added the lyrics into Batista's pay-per-view, like, it is super cheesy metal, but it's so awesome. I swallow down a thousand miles of anger. Yeah. Whatever the fuck. I'd walk a mile inside this pit of anger. <laughs> I think it's the actual lyric. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, I love that song. Oh, if you want to hear an awesome version of that, try to find the WrestleMania 30 uh, like unplugged acoustic versions of Randy Orton and Batista's themes. Yeah, yeah. And if you can just imagine that in your head, it's fucking phenomenal. But when you actually hear it, they kept it was the network had just come out, and that's the way that they were framing the network. They were framing it like, oh, we're gonna do all these cool promo-y things for WrestleMania, and we're gonna see it again. Like WrestleMania is coming up, but at any rate. So was it like wrestling themes unplugged? Like what was this? No, it was like they did one of those like black and white. Oh, okay. And then they had like the the light bulb swaying back and forth while Batista would be like, <laughs> and then on the you know there was a separate commercial for Randy Orton where he did his arms up in the air thing you know like, and it was like their respective songs like you know Randy Orton's theme, it goes like this, <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember. Usos versus Mizdow. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what notes you got? I really, yeah, I don't Usos remember Usos look like Doink, is what I wrote down. They had, doink, they had Doink the Clown colors. Was there tables involved in that just because the ref was out or something? Like, again, just too many. No, that, I think that was an actual no tables, okay. no ladders. Yeah, really all I remember is the shitty, stupid DQ ending, and it made me forget the rest of the match. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't write anything down about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a pain. And it's like, oh, I just watched the whole match and then it's just a DQ. Come on. Who cares about that? It sucks. <laughs> the next match <laughs> is, uh, that was Big Show versus, uh, oh, God oh the stairs match. Yeah, oh. here comes the stairs match. Look, I'm going to sum this up. It was the United States of America versus the United States of America in a fucking stairs match. Eric Rowan and Big Show go to about roughly 15-minute bullshit schmas of throwing, making lies up about stairs, the, the ring stairs. Basically, oh, yeah. a lot of lies. It was like the two biggest guys, they lie, they lie about their height and their weight anyway. Let's make the, the stairs of the ring also be a gimmick to the point that they ran down the numbers, the stairs numbers. This is the anatomy of the stairs. And, uh, yeah, like, it was, like, what was it, 273 pounds or something they claimed the stairs weigh? The top part 
weighed 85 pounds. The bottom part weighed 185 pounds. I watched Eric Rowan. You can be, no matter how big and strong you are. I watched this guy walk down to the ring, grab the top part of the stairs, and whip it like you're whipping a frisbee. It was weird when he threw stairs into the crowd and they started like a beach ball, just <laughs> throwing the stairs around, <laughs> little kids and shit. That's not. That's not. That's not even a joke. That actually happened. Sixteen kids died. But yeah, it totally is. Like yeah, like oh, Big Show just conveniently weighs exactly five hundred pounds, and these stairs that yeah, like I mean, they've been using the stairs for like fifteen years, like as a since the Attitude Era stairs all the time. We all know that the stairs. I could pick up those stairs. It's I don't fine. know if you've noticed though. They've always promoted the stairs as being way heavier. Like it would. I'm just imagining now the ring crew setting up the ring. Do they need like a Ryback guy just no. for the stairs? No, that's all the all the guys that you see go off television. They, they, they just use them in the wings to bring out the stairs for one match at a time. Because little did we know, too, they have a lot of stairs, man. They have a ton of stairs. Do you want to take the Schmozcast outside? Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, let's do it. Do you honestly think that your heroes are as good as me? I can destroy anyone they put in front of me. I came back to be champion again. I am Batista. I'm your superhero. I'm the guy you pay to see. And this is my WrestleMania. Anyway, let's talk wrestling. All right, yeah, so we took the show outside. Smoke break time. Yeah, we had, so. we'd take a smoke break on that. So uh, uh, the stairs match, yeah, like as soon as I heard about it, as soon as they announced that on Raw, I was like, oh, that's silly. Just because they happened to hit each other with stairs, someone decided they need a stairs match. And I texted everyone like, whew, stairs match. And uh, it's true, it was the suckiest, dumbest match. We had a bunch of speculations on what should happen. The first thing, first and foremost, is like, why aren't these stairs up on poles? Because whenever you put the word, when you, whenever you use the noun in a match, it's probably on a pole, but they don't do that because Vince Russo is dead. Well, that's one thing, too, is like, is, yeah, we had a bunch of people here watching the show, and it was like half a joke, but half serious about like, so what does this mean? Do you have to pin a guy on stairs? Like, what, what, is, what is a stairs match? <laughs> there was a very specific finish to the match that I'll get to in one second, but the other, the other way that you win this match is at least pin them on the stairs yeah. like that that seems like the natural outcome but basically they they just they okay eric rowan creates this wall of stairs <laughs> so proud of it yeah he, he looked at it like oh man like i, I did good work today <laughs> but then they wrestle for so long after that and it's one of those big man matches where they just sort of like one guy falls down and the other guy's on the top and the other guy falls and it goes back and forth and then finally, Big Show just takes Eric Rowan right to his own work of art and just, they both go through it. Like, they both, like, Big Show got ready. He wanted to do one of his classic spears and just flopped. Like, he potatoed both of them. That's the thing, too, is, like, that's why I don't know if they ever need to do any more stairs matches is because I think they did the only two spots you can do with stairs. Like, that was the most creative one, making a wall. I wouldn't have thought of that. But and then, But how do we get a, a WWE-branded special about stairs matches <laughs> yeah. if there's no more <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> just the worst ever show and then i think the other one was when uh big show was laying on some stairs and rowan jumped off the second rope with the turnbuckle and hit him with some stairs that was kind of cool well yeah there was also that spot where big show got rowan on to this on a on a stairs i think we're just going to call it a stairs at this point because it's a, a, a weapon utilized in this match 
Big Show gets up on the top rope and he's like, I'm gonna smash him in between these two, these two stairs guys, look at me. And then he does the classic spot where Eric Rowan gets out of the way, he bashes it down, and he gets electrocuted by the <laughs> by metal on metal. Yeah. That was only too, I guess there was when the stairs were wedged in the corner between the second and third rope. And we were like, oh, a small guy could have done a backflip off that. That would have been cool. But that'll never happen because those guys can't lift those stairs. <laughs> it's true because they weigh the same amount as the stairs. Because I thought it would be great if you could take like that stairs idea and do like a cruiserweight match and they end up building a stairway up to the turnbuckle and then doing a flip and some sort of spot on the stairs. But no, they, they put two big guys. And we've talked about this match like <laughs> yeah. way more than it even deserves. Yeah, it was garbage. It was bad. That'll definitely, it will be the match like 10 years from now. People are digging back through the network and they'll they'll see that weird pay-per-view name and they'll go like, well, that was that was a stairs match, all right. And stairs? <laughs> Holy shit, we got to watch this, guys. That's something we should look into is match types they only did once and go dig up the old pay-per-views and watch them. Honestly, I want to watch a world... I want to watch a World War Three. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never seen one. We got to find. Holy one of them. fuck! I think that's. I think that should be our next goal for uh, the main event podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm drunk right now. I don't have my notes, so I don't know what the next match is. Let me think. Yeah, let's see if we can remember. Let's see if we live to make. Uh, do you remember? Rolling Cena. Well, yes, that's oh, right. Yeah, Rolling Cena. Yeah, that was yeah, because that that is weird as shit. No wonder we couldn't remember. Like yeah. right in the middle of the pay per view. Yeah, the main, the proposed main event that I thought was going to be the main event absolutely was John Cena versus Seth Rollins. But this was a weird build-up, too, to this match. The more we, like, talked about it, we were like, what is the fucking point of this? Like, Cena is already number one contender, so if he wins, he's just where he was before. And Rollins, if he loses, who cares? He could still just cash in money in the bank any time and jump in front of Cena. This would have just made him double able to, <laughs> to fight for the title. And but I anyway. thought even if Cena won... The next week on Raw, he would just be like, oh, I'm going to do this other means to get a world title shot again. It's all it's all a schmoz at the end of the day. But I think this was what I was saying earlier about how this was definitely the in-between pay-per-view of pay-per-views. Like, you just you just had, like, all these matches. Like, you know that John Cena and Seth Rollins are going to still feud after this. But we're going into the Royal Rumble now. But we have, like, five Raws yeah. and SmackDowns in between. So who knows? Like, who knows what's going to happen? We, I think there's going to be a Brock Lesnar appearance in there. It has to be because, like, John Cena's the number one contender for the title. And while that means absolutely nothing by today's standards, and by today's standards I mean in this current end of the year, like, again, Schmoz Festival, I think that it's going to be a situation where we have John Cena just fucking five weeks of, of him just being like, you know, I'm the underdog. Uh, you can't see me. <laughs> um, even though I'm standing right here. Um, you know. Even though that is like it's crazy ironic that you can't see me is his catchphrase when he's the guy who's the most on TV in the past 10, 11. When did he start? 2003? Yeah, like 2004, 2005 he started. So I'm sure if you did prototype the, if you did the metrics or whatever, got your graph paper out and watched every raw and everything ever, like no one has been more visible than him. It's true. <laughs> that's I think I think that's the joke he's trying to make. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. if. Um, I was. I guess the thing that happened at the end of this was uh, Reigns. Roman Reigns came back and punched Seth. Rollins oh yeah, in the that face. was the finish. We also saw something. Two things we had never seen in a match before that we thought um, a table being used in the turnbuckle with one side out. 
getting it ready. Um, we also saw the J&J security do the both take a table and try to hit John Cena with it, but they smashed it around the, uh, the turnbuckle uh, from the outside. We also saw them set up the finish to the match way early on, and we saw later the finish of the match go to a situation where they both fly out of the ring, break both tables, and the referee can't figure out for the life of them what to do. I wonder if it was important that there were two tables to make it even more fair. <laughs> like, well, it was, to, it was to make a bigger landing ground. Oh, and there was, I think, my favorite uh, spot of that match was uh, poor J&J security both getting AA'd at the same time. <laughs> Which we thought, we, we made a joke about how, uh, why, why, don't, why doesn't uh, John Cena just do all three of them? fucking still gets both of them it they is. were trying to both climb to the top rope it seemed like at the same time i think they were trying to escape from john cena it is kind of neat in a way that uh noble and mercury they're kind of in this little mid spot where they're like they're like half a wrestler where they're not just nobody like if there's the there was like a three on two handicap match but you know the three was j and j and but they still kind of did okay and it was still a little tough for Cena and Ziggler to fight them, but you can also AA them both at the same time. Like they can just, they can be a little threatening or they can be total losers and it all works. But what I thought, what I thought was interesting was that um, Big Show ends up just coming out. We're all sitting there going like, how's this match gonna end? How could this possibly, after all this ridiculous, like everybody getting slammed through everything, maybe Vince will come back, maybe Triple H is there, Steph, somebody's gonna come out and say something. But nope, old fucking Big Show. And I said to myself, I said, hey, maybe he's turning face. But nope, he's he's stayed heel. Yeah, Big Show's a weird thing where he's also just like, you know, just so overdone and played, but he is real big. Like, what are they going to do, fire him? <laughs> I mean, he's a huge guy. Yeah, yeah. put him in a stairs match. There you go. Everyone's happy. Yep. The, show big, the match Big Show was made for. So I think uh, this match, we kind of covered everything. It ended... Um, yeah, I'd say that match was all right. I didn't mind it. It was fine. Like, it, it had a good psychology. It had a good uh, a, a story to the match. They ended up uh, making Cena win after... Um, did Sting come out again? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we take it back inside? On TLC. All right, back inside. My accomplishments... I am the past, present, and future of this business. The Viper will strike at WrestleMania. Oh man, yeah, and now that we come back in, we're at the, the stairs match, so we're finally ahead of the pay-per-view. I was going to say, though, even though it, I don't really, it seems weird to do like yeah, a whole TLC podcast or uh, pay-per-view, like there's really no need, but I guess it is because these middle in-between pod, fucking, I keep saying podcasts, these in-between pay-per-views are kind of extra forgettable. So at least this is, I guess, a little more memorable than I'd rather make Mayhem I, or something. I'd rather make Gab 2000 memorable <laughs> than this forgettable 2014 pay-per-view if we ever start our own wrestling promotion we <laughs> need to have our like annual starcade wrestlemania thing but it'll always be called gab 2000 yep so it's like gab 2003 but, but we never we never say what what it means and, but it, and it won't be 2003 it'll be gab 2000 roman numeral three <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome 
So the next match we have to deal with, and that's what I'm at. That's where I'm at on this pay per view at this point. It's uh, Nikki Bella with Brie Bella versus AJ, not Styles, but Lee. <laughs> it really does too. Like I, I kind of like this dynamic of the the Brie sisters, the Bella twins, being uh, being both heel and being friends. I just wish they would explain something. Like, uh, Brie tonight was just like, hey, I know we've had our problems, but blood is thicker than water. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. But that was a huge storyline that for 30 days you had to be your sister's. That was only like two months ago. That had no payoff. Yeah. She just turned heel. Like, there's other stuff, too. Like, they really never... I Like, I would have liked a little more about Rowan and Harper and why they aren't getting along. But they're crazy, so it's, I guess it's okay. But yeah. but the women's wrestlers are supposed to be actual people with normal human intellect and personalities. If, if you were to believe what they show you on Total Divas, they're just regular people like you and I. <laughs> right. Just go into their next wrestling event that they have to go to. I gotta admit, though, the little bit of Total Divas I've seen, I think Nikki Bella is my favorite. She's just a funny, weird jerk. <laughs> she is a funny, weird jerk, and she can't talk when the camera's on her. But look, I don't want to give this match a lot of time. It didn't do anything for either parties involved. It was really just the blow-off of AJ being like, the two of you are not equal to one of me. Like, it's lit. Like I really hate the way that they book women's matches. and But then they do a classic spot... Um, Brie Bella comes in to help her sister and pulls out Bear Mace and fucking just Bear Maces the shit out of AJ. Did that happen? I totally missed that. Wow. <laughs> I wrote down, I wrote down perf, perfume oh, slash like, Bear Mace. <laughs> yeah, I did see at the end, like, yeah, the uh, officials were all concerned about her face, but okay, that makes sense. Yeah. No, it was perfume, and I'm doing air quotes, but it was, it, we all agreed at that time it was Bear Mace. Man, I got Bear Sprayed in uh, Vancouver. And it really, really sucks. <laughs> it's a whole long story, but it, yeah, it sucks real bad. I assume it doesn't work on people if it's, if you're not a bear, like. Yeah, well, it's way worse because it's like stronger than normal, like dog, you know, pepper spray because it's for bears. Dog pepper spray. Yeah, and it's Why like would an you eighth. Ever pepper spray a dog. Uh, I don't know, because <laughs> he's a he's a jerk. <laughs> a real jerky would fucking. A Rottweiler that like doesn't have a home. But yeah, in Vancouver, just because that happens, like bears do come into people's houses, so you can get bear spray pretty easy. And uh, yeah, these kids bear sprayed me behind my glasses, like it was like a WD-40 can with the nozzle. They got the nozzle behind my glasses and stole my laptop. So it was a real sucky day. But somebody else was like, "Well, you know, they could have stabbed you." <laughs> I was like, "Fair enough, I'll take the spray." I would rather get bear maced than stabbed. But at the end of the day, um, Nikki Bella retains. And they did that weird thing. I guess it's been happening with the Bella twins, like, you know, that they don't look the same what with the boobs and everything. And also that, like, three inches taller that Brie was yeah. in the opening promo. Like, Yeah, Brie was wearing heels, and it's just very strange looking. What you were saying with the J&J security? Yeah, she had them strapped to her feet. So she, <laughs> they, like, like, like when Bart Simpson puts, puts uh, lollipop things under his feet. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> lollipop things under his feet. At this point in the pay-per-view, we're all sort of looking at each other going, like, the fuck? <laughs> like, there's still an hour left. Yeah, what is going on? And people kept being like, okay, these are the matches. So left, oh, here's what we have left. We have uh, we have Rusev and Swagger, and we have, obviously now, the, uh, Dean Ambrose and uh, Bray Wyatt's main event. And I kept thinking I heard them say there was going to be a chairs match, but I was like, did I dream that? Uh, me too. I thought that uh, based on watching like Raw 
uh, the last couple of weeks blackout drunk. Um, the only reason I remember is because like somebody made a joke of, like, what is that? Like you both sit in chairs and arm wrestle. Like what the fuck is a chairs match? <laughs> Which would have been kind of better. <laughs> well, it turns out it's just a match where you get to use chairs. And up next is Ryback versus Kane. <laughs> it was so funny too because they had for each match type like a ton of extra of whatever in case the wrestlers need them they're like all right we'll put some some ladders around we'll put a bunch of stairs around so this one they had a bunch of chairs set up and it looked like an aa meeting in like a church basement like just little chairs set up and it was not cool (laughs) yeah and the only thing that was notable in this match besides the fact that they kept like brutalizing each other on the back with chairs somebody asked like why don't they hit each other on the head anymore maybe if they hit each other on the head some more it would be way more interesting (laughs) but they just keep hitting each other on the back um i thought it was hilarious that there was one point in the match i think uh i think it was kane gets out and starts just throwing chairs into the ring was that was that kane that did that i think so and he just started throwing chairs into the ring and we all agreed that it was way better when a hardcore wrestler does it especially dean ambrose which we'll get to yeah, all this stuff does remind me of, like, it was totally, like, Edge and Christian and the Hardys and the Dudleys, like, that made these TLC matches, like, super incredible back in the day. And now it's weird because it's way too much TLC and none of the people that were really instrumental. I'd rather, like, I'd rather get a Gab 2000, honestly, in this day and age. Just, it's super brawl and then it's all TLC matches instead of it being called tables ladders chairs and stairs and pairs and glare and glare off the screen i'd rather just i'd rather just be surprised you know but i really think too those little little tiny chairs like that if you're gonna do a chairs match do that with little guys because those chairs were so small for kane and ryback they just look silly but i think those chairs are actually like the regular size a chair should be right yeah compared to the big show or kane Kane, for that matter. Kane's just like a big, like, he looks like a big uncle. He's like, that's Kane, that's my uncle. That's what I say anyway. That's something you've all learned about me just now. Kane's my uncle. And nobody did sit in the chair, which is all I wanted, but that does come up later. That does come up later. So we move on. Who won that one? Oh, the Ryback. Oh, he did a fucking, he did a sweet uh, meat hook that they got right in on. They didn't do that weird, like, pulsing camera on them, too. You just saw him collect him, put him down for the meat hook. I always think, too, as soon as I asked that, I realized I could have just thought, like, well, is there any reason to push Kane? No, of course, right back one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we did get to see a good uh, shell shock from Ryback. Uh, he did hoist him right up, didn't do any botchy stuff like he did with Tensai a couple of years ago. Just picked him up and put him right down. One, two, three, clean win. I even after feel a, like a, sorry after a clean one after a chairs match <laughs> and as dumb as like a chairs match is even this like it probably would have been a pretty cool match if it were in a different pay-per-view but yeah in this pay-per-view it's just like the weird like what is this what's the point of this they, you know it wasn't bad but it was an entertaining it was a it was an entertaining competition between two heavyweight athletes right i guess oh that's the other thing that's weird too with all these matches is like a normal match kind of would have been better just because then every fucking second spot wouldn't have a chair in it. <laughs> like, it is just, like, each one of these gimmick matches, they overuse the gimmick so much. It's like if, you, if you're if you in this gimmick match, you have to use that gimmick. But the thing is, is we kept making the joke, like, oh, are you allowed to use a table and a stairs match? But, like, you shouldn't have to do that to your to your viewer. You shouldn't have to be like, 
I want. Back in the day, what we'll see as we go on to more WCW pay-per-views where they had crazy convoluted rules, you'd actually get a title screen that had the rules of the match. Oh, yeah. And that's what I want if they're going to throw a stairs match at me. I want it to have crazy, either crazy convoluted rules or just give me, like, you're allowed to use stairs. And we didn't even talk about what I want to talk about, about the stairs match. He pinned him, putting the stairs over him. All right, right. Big over show, Rowan. pinned yeah. Rowan, yeah. Sorry to go back, but he, he, he took the stairs, put them on him, and pinned him with his, like, knee. And what I thought was weird about that is Rowan looked like he was he was awake and trying to, you know, tap out or, uh, yeah, kick out. Like he got his shoulder up, right? Like he totally did his shoulder up, but he couldn't because the stairs were on him. That's what I found was weird about that. Man, you know, what would have been awesome. They have like the stairs match and then the chairs match. And then they should have been like, the following is a wrestling match (laughs) scheduled for one fall. Well, the women's match was that. Yeah. That was a wrestling match. So next we have, uh, Ryback versus <laughs> Ryback versus Ryback. No, we have Rusev versus Jack Swagger. Right. Now, just as far as uh, theme versus theme, I, I definitely prefer Swagger's. I love that song. It's better than the real American national anthem. Whereas uh, I'm not sure what the Russian national anthem is, but it's probably better than Rusev's music. I actually love Rusev's music. I mean, it's fine, I guess, but it's like evil Tetris. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, you're right. I do love. Uh, Jack, I, I love the real American "Don't Tread on Me" Jack Swagger theme much, much better than Rusev's theme. But Rusev's theme makes his gold star title mean a lot more imagine if they take this gimmick and they move it along and you have a day when jack swagger's like why don't i just challenge rusev for his gold star on his chest and then i'll show you who a real american is why don't they do that and i feel like i feel like they might move towards that because when nxt was still fcw damian sandow actually had a title and he used it as a comedy gimmick but it was a it was a an award that goes around your chest, and that was an an FCW title that you could have. It was like the something of the year, you know. You you know what I mean, right? And I think that would be interesting if the gold star suddenly is now a title you can fight each other for. Same with the money in the bank. Like the money in the bank should be like something you can challenge somebody for. Yeah, actually, that would be cool. You have money in the bank to move around. And uh, yeah, I did notice today. I thought that a little with the um, we were watching Lana put on the. Uh, the medal is like the medal is kind of necessary now that he's U.S. champ. Like if exactly. it's supposed to serve that purpose. But I like that he's U.S. champ too, mostly because I hate America. <laughs> so I just <laughs> love seeing that title on a weird Russian guy. How do you think um, Rusev would look with a Zangief haircut? I think he would look like Zangief with a Zangief haircut. I think that'd be cool because I don't know if I I don't know if I dig his hair so much. So just to get off the topic of uh, Rusev's hair, <laughs> what about Jack Swagger's hair too? It looks so cool, oh, and then yeah, literally he, one second into the match, it's all messed up. Yeah, he he has that top cut. He looks like a villain from a Japanese role playing game. But this is uh, this is how we'll stand out. We'll have all the hairstyling tips <laughs> about wrestling. But see, in my notes, what I've written down is that um, well, Rusev wins this match. Right. But help me remember what happened in the middle because I wrote, Rusev wins, you're goddamned right. <laughs> but I know that there were things that happened in this match. I kn- there's no way that we ignoranted away. That's a word, trademark, Jason Phillips, 2014, ignoranted. How did he win? And what were some spots that happened during that match? 
I mean, I know Rusev just did his submission thing twice, and Jack Swagger did one in the middle. Uh, Rusev's uh, ankle was kind of hurt, but he still just kicked Jack Swagger full force in the head with his leg, so it didn't really matter. That's mostly what I remember. Yeah, it was pretty much right. Like, that should have been the pre-show match. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Because, again, yeah, Rusev's not going to lose. Like, you guys were even talking about, like, what if Rusev comes in first in the Rumble, like, and just creams everyone. Oh, man, if Rusev was number one in the Rumble, that would be the most amazing thing ever. And if he did the, the just plow through everybody, even if he lost, even if he got thrown at, like, 29, it'd be fine. It would be like Roman Reigns in the Rumble just clearing house last year. Like, they the, the plans are in motion. Man, that is the kind of thing I was thinking about that. That's the kind of thing that really makes me not like a wrestler. Like, Roman Reigns is right on the edge of me not liking him. Like, how did he throw out the most people in history in the Rumble? Like, stop cramming this fucking jerk down my throat. All he does is a Superman punch. It was Kane before him. Yeah, and I liked the Kane year, and that was like 10 years ago. But yeah. I, and that was cool, because it was kind of unexpected, and Kane was still the big red machine, and it's like, oh, that's cool. But Roman Reigns is so transparent. Like, there's no reason Roman Reigns is suddenly Interesting out. tidbit. Um... At that time, they would have probably probably been calling him the Big Red Retard. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the days. We're in more enlightened times now. You don't take chair shots to the head. You don't get called a retard in wrestling. (laughs) No matter how retarded you are. Jerry Lawler called Goldust a faggot one time (laughs) also. That should be noted. And <laughs> Booker T called Hulk Hogan a nigga. Yeah. I'm coming for you, nigga. <laughs> uh. So it turns out, after all that schmoz, um, that doesn't seem right. It's the main event. Yeah, that's, yeah, main Isn't event Isn't that crazy? Time. This pay-per-view was like, you take the best pay-per-view you've ever watched and fucking scramble it and then the matches somehow are mediocre because of that factor. Well, how's about, I know you were mentioning that the last couple of years of TLC were pretty bad, so how does this stand up to those? Um, I think last year was way better just because they had the Wii LC. Right. That was uh, Hornswoggle versus El Torito in a TLC match where Hornswoggle was with three-man band. Um, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre still had jobs. Now that's something I'm sure there's no story here, but yeah, like I just started watching right before three three MB like <laughs> fell apart. What is the story? Just that there's supposedly three guys who have a band? Like, well, it was uh, Heath Slater was a one man band. Oh, okay. And then they put Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal with him, and then they had a three man band. Now, was he a one-man band in the Shawn Michaels tuning up the band sense, or did he really have, like, cymbals between his knees and play music? No, he he was a guy that came up and played air guitar to a song that said, I'm a one-man band! And he never got over? <laughs> like, unbelievable. Do I have to answer that? <laughs> Trust me, it was over in all our hearts. That is like he is the perfect example in the current roster of like that thing of like if you don't want to be champ, you shouldn't be in the company. And it's like get out of here. If Heath Slater really thought he was going to be champ, he's delusional. That's what I'm talking about with the comedy wrestling hybrid that is Mizdow. You finally took the Santino Marella and Randy Orton and hi- like hybrided it. You know, you're taking a comedy gimmick from a guy. Damien Sando, who was coming up for weeks and weeks and just being, like, so funny, and he was just doing the thing, you know, he was doing the, I'm gonna dress like this guy from the history of America and this city, and then next week I'm gonna be a, a basketball star from your rival team. And then they pop him with Miz. <laughs> Do you remember when he was dressing up like people? One week he dressed up like uh, Bret Hart, 
and then Bret Hart came out and beat him up. Yep. But Ms. Dow was, or Ms. Uh, Sandow was still like offended. He's like, what? What did I do? What did I get beat up for? It's like, <laughs> dude, you're dressed up like that guy. Yeah. He's allowed to hit you. Uh, also on the other side, it's like, I watch Ms. Dow matches and I'm like, He's not helping his tag team partner. There's no there's no reason for Miz not to just have all the belts and slammies on his his personal person. Yeah. But that's also why I see Miz Dow still being kayfabe Miz, like being in kayfabe, the character Miz, and not pissed about all the accolades that he's getting for his tag team partner. You know, like it's this weird psychology kayfabe fucking schmoz, and then we'll use that word again, that creates this fun wrestling environment to watch. And when I watch it, I just know that I'm going to have a good time in those particular matches. I really am too. I'm really interested to see what happens with Ms. Dow, because like underneath the surface, like you can tell Sandow has got all the stuff he needs to be. He's like, you know, a Cesaro type guy, like he could be big, but he's just not. So hopefully that'll happen, but then there's that side of me that thinks without this gimmick, without being with The Miz, what if it just all fizzles right away? What are they doing with Cesaro also, on yeah. that note? That's true. At any rate, he wasn't on this pay-per-view. Not even the pre-show. No. Not even in the crowd, nothing. You texted me and said, I'm I'm sorry if I miss a Fandango match. <laughs> but no, it was actually a pretty... It was like a SmackDown quality match. It was pretty good. Like, I mean, I sat here, like, me and me and my fiance were just hanging out, and I was like, this is the pre-show, and, was, you know, we're hanging out, waiting for people to come. And I, I enjoyed it, personally. I, I really liked tonight. My three... Here's my three favorite things. My three, five favorite... I'm trying to come up with, like, my three... Fa- my top three. <laughs> a shucky-ducky... Uh, no, no, no. I want a title... I want a title card that says my new lo- thing about the three things that I like. Let's think about that, Keith. Uh, Jason's three sensations. Nope. Oh, <laughs> actually, you know what? Nope. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Jason's three sensations. It's not good, but it'll do. Until <laughs> we come up with something better. Honestly, though, number one. Jason's revelations. Jason's revelations actually <laughs> works way better. Jason's taste sensations. That's too close and makes no sense. Jason, okay, we're gonna call it Jason's Taste Sensations. That's too close. It makes no sense. That's J- what it's called. Jason's <laughs> Celebrations, your favorite things of the night. Jason, fuck! <laughs> Just so what are they? What's your three things? Okay. And we're, okay, the main event still has to happen. Right, we'll get My back number to that. one thing happens, actually, <laughs> in the main event, and it's the most ridiculous thing ever. But up till now, my two, fa- my Jason Sensations are green faced. Stardust getting his his stardust all over Kofi Kingston. Which sort of brought Kofi back to his Jamaican fake Jamaican roots. Number two. I do that miss- ladder match. I think overall that ladder match was Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Was probably the best thing we saw. I mean, like we were ramped to watch wrestling, like we had that going for us, and then we like watched it. Like it's a match we all like we were all here, like we finally all got here and we watched it. I think it was just a lot of fun. And when you get to the stairs match, you're like, fuck, this is a match about stairs. Yeah, why wasn't the stairs match the opener? Just like whatever, just settle in, I guess. I guess like you're saying, like sometimes it's good to have a real crazy opening. Yeah, like a title match opening. But it was yeah, like when the pay per view ended and then the replay looped around. Like if we weren't recording this, I would have watched that ladder match again. Yeah, Fuck it. Absolutely, absolutely for sure. So I guess that's two of my three. My third, I don't want to spoil anything for the listener. Um we get to the main event, it's Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt, uh exclamation point question mark. Yeah, that's right. We have 
Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt as the main event in yeah. 2014 in December. It does make sense too, because on on paper, besides maybe the ladder match, like this was obviously the good, the cool match, you know. This was the match that I was the most excited for. This was the one that I actually wanted to watch this card for, and it's it's a weird twist of fate and almost ironic that I would get the match that I was expecting to be let down by in the middle of the card, that being seen in Rollins, and they still had pay-per-view main event schmas um like psychology going on and like honestly that match if think about it back the whole thing it seems like the match that would end a really shitty pay-per-view yeah like maybe they did switch like late in because that was one thing the tlc match was cool but yeah it didn't have that end of a pay-per-view feel where all that yeah weird bullshit in the table match yeah definitely felt more like that so we get we get a really good like back and forth between the two. I was gonna say too. I mean Bray Wyatt's uh, like entrances are always amazing, but this one was extra great. Like they were just like ev- it seemed like every person had their light on in the in the auditorium. It looked so cool. Yeah, somebody made a million dollars off uh, that flashlight app this week, especially if you're a wrestling fan. Man, that was a cool thing too about uh, Bray Wyatt was on Stone Cold's podcast and just. Like, the two sides of the coin, where Husky Harris, obviously, he was just like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it, and it was terrible. Like, how you get anywhere with that? Where he was talking about with Bray Wyatt, like, he really did come up with, even though it's a Waylon Mercy thing and whatever, and, like, taken from different places, but he came up with tons of it himself. Like, Bray was the name of a crazy kid he knew when he was growing up, and Wyatt's from Wyatt Earp, and he went through, like, all of their music library to find that song himself. That's why he has that cool opening song that's not like anyone else's. Mm -hmm. It's just nice that when you give a fuck you get to be Bray Wyatt and if you let the world tell you what to do you get to be Husky Harris that's a lesson kids think about it absolutely I agree with that 100% that even goes to the new day having that cool like that cool like gospel theme um the flash uh the flat brush zombies zomb I think that is a a rap name um that's in the same vein as what you're talking about they they petitioned for it sort of while their gimmick was sort of being um, conjured up. And it turns out that this rapper got on board. And if you listen during the theme, you weren't here yourself, Keith, but if you listen, there's actually rapping that comes on later. And apparently that's like some great rap rap man. And that's in the New Day's music? Yeah, the New Day's music. Cool. Yeah. I'll keep my ear peeled for that if they yeah. ever have a crazy long ring entrance. <laughs> well, they, they did on the pre-show, so you got to hear it. That's why I get to come to the pre-show. Yeah. So a lot of elbows off of ladders in this match. They were all pretty cool, but it was an elbow every time. It's like it's like Dean Dean Ambrose's moves. He's like, I only have an elbow. It's all I can do. Dean Ambrose did a spot where he did a, a smaller ladder through a table to Bray Wyatt. He got a slightly taller ladder, went through the table on Bray Wyatt again. He got to the third tallest ladder, and then... You know, classic, like, miss. Then we get to see the most amazing thing I've ever seen, and that was literally the sister Abigail out of nowhere. Yeah, that was, that was... I love that, too, if he starts, like, that being a possibility now, that it can be slow or it could be fast. That's what they were implying by that. It had to have been. Because the sister Abigail has been so telegraphed. You, you get the guy, 
you'd lay him down over your knee, you kiss him in the head, and you slam him back on his face. Remember when he used to slow dance with people first? It yes. used to be even slower. I loved that. <laughs> I loved that so hard because he, the first time I ever saw Bray Wyatt, he touched all four corners. I was watching an NXT match before all this glitz and glam they have now, and it was just the NXT logo, and he would take them, he'd touch all four corners with their hand, and then do the Sister Abigail. To see this come from out of nowhere tonight, that, that you know what? That actually takes over my number one Jason sensation. I love too, man. I love just digging through YouTube and stuff and watching any old Wyatt promos you can find and stuff. Like about Sister Abigail where he's like, they said her, her touch could heal but a kiss would burn the world to the ground. And I'm like, oh, and he kisses people and then they lose. That's cool. <laughs> also, this match was predicated on uh, Bray Wyatt liking Dean Ambrose too much and then Dean Ambrose being like, I reject your advances. And then he breaks his, he breaks Bray Wyatt's um, rocking chair and then uh, they have a TLC match. Yeah. Man, another thing, well, in my Bray Wyatt fucking fan club moment, but, you know, with Follow the Buzzards, he said how he came up with that is he was just driving around and he saw a bunch of buzzards somewhere and he's like, oh, something dead over there. <laughs> and then when he was thinking of stuff for the Wyatts, he's like, oh, yeah, and like society's like dead and I'm leading people toward it and like follow the buzzards. And I thought that was so cool. That's when I went on Shop Zone and ordered the Wyatt family Follow the Buzzards wallet. <laughs> it literally was after I heard him say that. I'm like, that guy's cool. You wouldn't have done very well in Waco, Texas. <laughs> yeah, I just would be instantly under the thrall. Like, I'm just, I'll do whatever you want. That was the weird thing, though, like I was saying that since we're in Canada, the fucking shipping and stuff was slightly more than just the wallet by itself. But I was looking at other stuff, and it's like a life-size stand-up of Harper and Rowan. I'm like, uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, I've, I've seen life-size stand-ups of a lot of, like, ridiculous wrestlers, but, like, why in the world would you ever want a one, two, three kid life-size stand-up? <laughs> You'd be your best friend. It's like my buddy, <laughs> Sean Wallman. <laughs> you just take him around with you in your. In your I actually, wheel. I had a friend. I hope to God one day that uh, my friend Tim Sullivan listens to this. His girlfriend Erin Clahane, for years and years, she had this Trish Stratus stand-up that she had a. I think the Facebook account still exists. She was called like Stand Up Trish or something like that. And they would just put her on these hilarious, like, situations and ma made a Facebook character out of it. And I thought that was really funny. And I just thought of, oh, it's Cardboard Trish. That was the, that was her name. Yeah, stand-up Trish. <laughs> like, you just, like, always set her up for a date and you never go. Yep. That's why you buy it. So to really round out this pay-per-view. Oh, that's the thing, too. Yeah, we were talking about how the ending of the tables match seemed more like a pay-per-view ender. It definitely does. I forgot how this match ended. It ended stupid. Yeah, no, the end of... Okay, the end of John Cena and Seth Rollins was insane because you literally had, like, Bret Hart and British Bulldog fucking ending. You had the, the who won, like, both shoulders down. You had that win after so many ref bumps and knockouts. It's like, remember when we were like, why are there so many refs at ringside for the main event? It's like, they, they got the refs out in force. It's like, bring all the refs down. Everybody has to see everything. I think the anonymous GM is running the show, and that's great, because that just means that I don't have to think about who the general manager of Raw is. Even, another thing about it, too, the return of Roman Reigns would have fit better at the end of the pay-per-view, too. I don't think it would have because he, his problem him and Dean Ambrose are still friends at this point oh yeah that's you know true. there's they haven't crossed paths you know and that's the weird thing to think like we're watching all these WCW pay-per-views out of context and all these guys keep crossing paths and we're like holy shit holy fuck but we don't know what happened on Raw 
and we have we have the benefit of knowing what happened on Raw. Nothing happened on Raw. You know what I found out too with uh, that uh, last pay per view we watched, uh, Super Brawl Revenge. You know how Lance Storm was the commish and Ernest Miller won it back. Mm-hmm. Apparently, on the previous pay per view, Ernest Miller was commish. So Lance Storm became commissioner within one month and then lost it. Like that's how nonsense that shit was. So they were so bored of just passing the titles around that they started passing literal titles around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's so weird. Like if you were watching Nitro and stuff, I guess, but now it's mostly pay-per-views people remember wrestling history by so it's like it doesn't make sense like you can't uh, until we reach our holy grail and we watch three nitros in a row <laughs> yeah that's my and up up t- up until a world war three <laughs> but anyway let's just get to the fucking finish of this match yeah. <sighs> we're talking about dean ambrose and bray wyatt they do a bunch of fucking gangly spots they don't they make it look good like both guys are great superstars i'm excited to watch Undertaker versus Mankind for years to come, and that's kind of what we saw tonight, um, but in a different setting. Like we had, it was Brian Pillman versus Skinner. Are you saying not Undertaker Mankind? Um, um, Cactus Jack Mankind. Oh yeah, Cactus Jack. Oh yeah. yeah oh, because we were oh, saying that it was like, they... it was like if you split McFoley in half, you get Ambrose and and Wyatt. Yeah, it's like those two guys were wrestling before they exploded, and then <laughs> twenty five years in the future. They just and, become two wrestlers. And I loved Ambrose as he's trying out new faces. Like, he had some goof, goofball fucking faces today. <laughs> yeah, his face was like weird, melty rubber. Just like, all right, cool. Yeah, he was doing all sorts of goofy. Like, it was great because the camera kept catching him almost in like they were trolling the way that he was doing his hilarious face spots. Maybe he was trying to get us ready for the cartoon ending. It's like, hey, we're in cartoon land. Right? And that's when we realized that this fucking whole shit is a cartoon, especially going back to the stairs match where it's like oh this piece weighs 80 pounds but i can just whip it and then i slam this guy and he's dead yeah professional wrestling not only is amazing but is also a cartoon yeah it's the truth and the fake at the same time i also thought it was comic books and bring sort it, of it, so, bring it so around though too. bring it around yeah and definitely so barbarous bring it around though to the cartoon aspect Dean Ambrose decides to take a monitor from underneath the ring. Yeah, so that's something. I've never seen this before, right? This is a new thing under the ring. And it was a, a, like a computer monitor yep. attached by cables under the ring. The only thing I could guess is when they have those weird spots like last week when uh, Chris Canyon was under the ring for the whole match. Is that why that monitor's down there? So guys that have to hang out in the ring for two hours can watch shit? Last week on Raw when Chris Canyon <laughs> was watching a monitor <laughs> yeah. under the ring. We all remember that, right? <laughs> No, the weird thing was is they botched a spot where I think Dean Ambrose was supposed to look at himself in the monitor because it was clearly hooked up to the the Titantron, and that's what I noticed. I noticed that they they sort of did this thing, and then he was like, "Fuck, fuck this," and he throws it down into the the corner, and then think, like we fast forward and rewound all over this match, but we're getting to the finish right now, and midpoint in the match, this is when the Dean Ambrose spot that I'm talking about is fast forward to the end. Dean Ambrose finally has enough. He says, I've had enough with this match. I'm finally going to use that gimmick that I pulled out from under the ring earlier and darn it. Wouldn't you know it? He picks it up, tries to slam it across the ring onto Bray Wyatt's face, but the wire just isn't long enough. Yeah. But yeah, like this is another one of those things where, I mean, obviously, it was supposed to spark up the first time, 
but instead it doesn't so he just gets caught on the thing and he's like all right i've just realized everything i'm doing is dumb let's do it again <laughs> but what i realized in all that is you don't just have him like pull the monitor off the wire and use it anyway you have this ridiculous spot where clearly Dean Ambrose had to learn a little bit of pyro pyrotechnics before the show because he kind of fiddles with the back of it and then when he pulls on it like remember those little remember Christmas those crackers Christmas crackers <laughs> or like say. like like the guns though I was thinking of oh, like okay. pop guns like you know when those misfire like that could have happened that could have absolutely <laughs> happened but no he tries to hit Bray Wyatt with the television yeah, that's what's going to be extra weird to those kids in the future. They're like, oh, table, ladders, chairs, and stairs, that's funny. But then people go like, yeah, but it's not, the stairs aren't even the dumbest thing. That was the one where the main event was lost because of a computer monitor that was hooked up under the ring. Yep. <laughs> like, the more I talk about it, that's really, really dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> so then what, what they're naturally going to do, they're going to go back to bragging rights 2010. You know what? I just realized, too, with the screen, it's like a modern-day flat screen. It yeah. would have been, like, way more violent and cool if it was an old-school CRT monitor. But, I mean, that would be super insane if that was under the ring. How come the television that ended the match was better than the monitors they use on the announce table? Yeah. Where... Okay. Where did that fucking television come from is actually my question. Hornswoggle watches it. Why, <laughs> yeah. Exact down there. The anonymous GM strikes again. Why was it hooked up to the fucking Titantron? Here's what I can here's what I can gather. Um, maybe that's the monitor they use to test the Titantron. Maybe in in real life and kayfabe, that's what we're supposed to believe. But maybe we should go back and listen to the commentary. Yeah, that is a weird. Now that you mention it, like, what if there is a legitimate reason for that? What if that literally is like a, a monitor they have? So that's why they decided, oh, let's use that monitor that's always there that no one in the history of wrestling ever knew was here. But then the stupidity of that is like, why even do that spot if you think that way in the first place? Yeah. Well, they thought a stairs match was a good idea. <laughs> so they were on cruise control for this pay per view. No one was thinking too hard about any of this. And that's fucked because it feels like they put way more effort into shitty pay per views we've had to sit here and watch over the last six months save SummerSlam and uh, Survivor Series so I guess too kind of a lack of I mean I guess it's with a pay-per-view like this of course but not a lot of just flat out clean this guy won without any weird shit going on I mean especially yeah, the main event like computer monitor I don't know I feel like just let Bray Wyatt lose it doesn't hurt Bray Wyatt that much who cares you know I don't know weird yeah but Bray Wyatt had lost a whole bunch and we could Schmoz around in circles about all of this, but we should probably uh, just sort of put the nail in the coffin on tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs, 2014. Yeah. See, it, see you here next year for tables, uh, ladders, chairs, and stairs, 2015. Now it'll be tables and ladders and chairs and bears and Gary and Claire and any other wares. At any rate, <laughs> this has been Schmozcast, a.k.a. possibly Smarkamania, episode three. Yeah, we still don't have our sweet sign-off phrase. Well, something will happen. We'll figure something out one of these weeks. This has been Keith and Jason. Go fuck yourself. That is still the best we got. Let's all right. <laughs> <laughs>